Podcast fam, how are you this morning? We are so excited to bring you Kyle and Michael, co-founders of Gainesville startup Launder. They met in their hometown of Miami, Florida and have been friends since they were 12. Kyle did his undergraduate and master's degree at UF and Michael did his undergrad at UCF, later coming together again in 2018 here in Gainesville to solve a problem that has plagued generations upon generations. Laundry. <laughs> Get those tidy whities out of that dirty hamper because after today, you will never want to do your own laundry again. They have solved the problem. Enjoy today's episode. You are listening to WHOA Podcast. Coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. 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 <laughs> I am your host, Colin Austin. My co-host is Michael Dees. What's going on? So excited to be here. Yes, sir. Love podcast day. Yep. We are now, uh, this episode releases on February 8th. I'm now eight eight days. Did you know this? I'm eight days away from 35. How, how does that make you feel, man? It's weird. Like it's not. It's not because I still feel like super young. I, I, I talk about this probably often enough, but like working the scooter business, primary demographic. Whenever classes are here, 18 to 22. So like it definitely keeps you feeling young. But I, I feel young anyway. Actually, sometimes it makes me feel older than I am because like I've become out of touch with the newest apps and the lingo and the socially like <laughs> it's like you try to keep up with it and I'm just like it, I. I'm too old to say get off my lawn, but it starts to feel that way. But, but anyway, I feel good for. We were uh, recording. You were you were sick this episode, but the episode we were recording with William Papa, mm-hmm. you know, zero TikTok, to zero right? to one point one right. million followers on TikTok. Uh, he used the word simping. Yeah, and I don't know what that means. Yeah. Do you guys know what simping means? I've seen it recently, but so of course, yeah. <laughs> you see the youngins, man, the youngins. J- James, do you know what simping is? Okay, he did, yeah. Yeah, you okay. So, 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 me and you would have been the only ones that didn't. So that's what I'm saying. Like, we're old, dude. Right. We're, old. we're not though. Well, yeah. We're just old here. Old here. All right. Anyway. Exactly. Well, you know. Guys, can't wait to get into this episode. <laughs> Move right along. Right. <laughs> Go right on to the next. Uh, and we got some sponsors Yeah, today. let's give some love to the sponsors. Uh, we got the UF Mover Guys. If you if you or someone you know is about to move, tell them to give our friends the UF Mover Guys a call. Brad, Jordan, and the team at UF Mover Guys can literally do it all. They offer full service packing. They can move bulky items. They'll disassemble that furniture you need to move. If you need to put it in storage, they've got your back there as well. They offer free and fast, no obligation estimates, and they require no no money up front. They don't even charge fuel fees on local moves, which is outstanding. You pay when the move is complete and you are 100% satisfied with their work. Uh, give them a call at 352-415-0886 or visit them at ufmoverguys.com. If you've ever moved by yourself once, then you know the value of a moving company. Just let them do it for you. Let them take care of it for you. Prop your legs up, enjoy it, and uh, give them some love. They'll move your business and your home. That's right, dude. <laughs> They've been moving schools and stuff and everything. Yeah, because all the school remodeling. They do. Going on they there. do everything. I've, you know, the problem with living in a college town for so long is I've probably moved out so many friends over the course of being here for like sixteen years. <laughs> where it's like, you know, they always tell you, "Oh, next time I've got you. Next time I've got." Well, when you when you stay at the same place for so long and then they all move away from Gainesville, no one's got, got no one's anymore. got me when I move. So you have mover advice is going to get me. But there you, know. you go. There you go. We also want to say thank you to Kyle Cohan and the team over at Leonardo's Pizza 
Pizza Mill Hopper. Leonardo's Mill Hopper offers the same classic food, family-friendly atmosphere, local beers on draft and in cans, and they even have an upgraded wine selection. I know because I had it yesterday. There you go. Thank you for that. And uh, during these times, you guys, they are still implementing safety precautions with masks for guests not sitting at the table, masks for all team members, limited seating, and these guys even purchased some UV sanitization lights to make sure that the restaurant is virus-free. Absolutely love Kyle and his team and their heart for Gainesville. Thank you guys so much. Of course, you guys, order takeout or delivery on leonardosmillhopper.com, 352delivery.com, or by calling 352-376-2001. Get that pin because I'm going to say it one more time. 352-376-2001. You can also take care of your whole team by ordering some delicious pizza pies from Leonardo's Millhopper through EZCater.com. That's the letter E, letter Z, Cater.com. Thank you so much to all of the sponsors that make this show happen. We couldn't do it without you guys. Make sure you find them, find all the sponsors at WHOAGNV.com slash sponsors. Ready to go? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm I'm excited for this episode because like you guys don't know this yet, but like I see I started to see like targeted advertisements on Facebook and stuff for like, so I literally checked out the company once and I was like, man, like this is really cool. Like I can't wait to like learn about it. And then I saw that they were on the slate for a recording. And you I'm see, like, this he is- gets he gets surprises because he doesn't really yeah. know. I'm the, like the one who kind of goes he, through the process of like yeah. you know finding the right mix of guests and booking everybody, and then he's pleasantly surprised. So like, who do we have today? So let's go ahead and introduce <laughs> All him. All right, today on the show we have. Kyle Lampkin and Michael Bayfar, co-founders of Launder. You guys, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Thank <Happy> you. To <laughs> so you guys, we want to dive into all sorts of things, entrepreneurship, but we like to start with a story. So let's talk about how you guys got this passion for laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's a so, fun one. so to start, um, it was way too long ago. <laughs> That's the first thing. So yeah. We founded Launder in 2016 um, when we were sophomores in college. Uh, I was at the University of Florida, and Michael was at the uh, University of Central Florida. Um, and yeah, it is, first of all, it is crazy to say we are coming up on five years. Absolute insanity. Yeah, that's awesome. when, that's when, a big, like, that's like one of those startup, like, you know, landmarks, right? right. The five year mark. Yeah, and it feels like no time. There's still so much for us to do, but go on. Yeah, no, I mean, when we started, we were like, yeah, I mean, a year or two, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be there, like, you know, and and we'll have arrived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have arrived exactly. I and, will be Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's all just two years. <laughs> so yeah, um, sophomore in college here, at University of Florida. A little bit louder. Or he's yeah, just a little bit closer. Yeah. Head. Cool. Sophomore um, in college, University of Florida, and honestly, I hated doing my laundry. It was it was a difficulty <laughs> no matter where I was. It was either a bad machine or no machine. Um, and I, at that point in my life, um, I knew that I, I didn't want a nine to five. I knew that I, I didn't want to go to work, as weird as that sounds. Um, and I was calling Mike like every every other week. And at this point, Michael and I had known each other for like 10 years. Um, we met when we were like 12 years old, went to middle school together, went to high school together. Um, we'll get into it later, but our whole team actually met when we were like 12 years old. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at this awesome. point, um, I was calling Michael pretty much every week with like another business idea. And, and Michael was the go-to guy because 
he would always point out the problems and the ideas that I had. So I would call him super excited. Hey, Mike, I got this cool idea. Let's do this. Let's do this. And he would be like, yeah, that's not going to work because of that. What about this? And then I'd be like, all right, that's right. And then we'd hang up <laughs> next week again. And when I called him with the idea for Launder, he kind of sat there for a while and was like, I think this could work. And, and the rest is history. That's when we got started. So. By the way, some of those ideas were just like awful. Some of them are businesses today. <laughs> Michael, what was the worst? What was the worst idea that Kyle threw at you? Oh, I don't remember many of the bad ones just because they got shot down so quick. The ones I remember are the ones that we <laughs> deliberated over for a while. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Rent a Sun, where basically like That's you probably. could just like through an app, like have somebody come to your house to just do random things for you. And we know now there's like several startups that do that, like mm -hmm. Handy, I forget the name of a few of them, but yeah, that's like actually like a part of the on-demand service market. So that's pretty funny. Did you know that you wanted it to be like an on-demand service? No. Like we're all, no. It was I, just I like, think at that point, we didn't actually even know what on-demand was. Okay. You know? Um, You're just throwing ideas at them. Yeah, just throwing <laughs> ideas. Pretty much. So that was one of my first questions already is because I think we often talk about like um, what's the next Uber, or the next Airbnb, like things that we encounter on a day to day basis that after somebody turns it into a multi-billion dollar industry, we're like, ah, why didn't we think of that? Right. Yeah. So when you guys when you were pitching this idea and you were delivering over it, was was it was it so much uh, you hated doing laundry? And so you're like, let me let me find you know other people that hate laundry and, and solve this problem for them, or was it trying to find the next like. Uber, I mean, that's an overdone statement, but the next thing where it's like, this has to have like huge growth potential. I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I think that I definitely knew I didn't want to do laundry and I looked around and I saw that, you know, my friends, my classmates were, were on the same page and I didn't think it would stop there. So I, we did think that there was a problem that could be fixed. We thought that we had an interesting solution to that problem, but I'd also be lying if I said, you know, we weren't interested in high growth. We right. weren't interested in making money. We, we weren't interested in, at that point, what we believed to be the only metric for success. So, yeah, that definitely was on our mind at that point, for sure. I love the way you phrase that, too. So tell us a little bit about Launder, like, because I've only, I've, I kind of just said, like, I've gotten targeted advertisements. I'm, I'm excited to actually learn about what it is. So, <laughs> so tell our audience, like, what, what is the company? What, what do you do? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, Launder is basically a way of connecting anybody who doesn't want to do their laundry um, and just has a little bit of extra money to pay for it at a very fair price with people who would rather make money by doing other people's laundry and make some great supplemental income that's uh, pretty much commitment free. Mm -hmm. So what does that so what does that look like? Is this an app? It, like so what I'm used to and I, I'm just I'm going to start asking this like based off my own experiences, right? Go for it. Like I I've never used Shipped before, but I work for Shipped. Like I, I do this on the side. Is it like that? So there's like an app. Is it like a software-based thing where you're just connecting people, or do you have any kind of like buy-in to the process besides connect the connections? Or yeah, absolutely. So for I mean, most of the contractors on the service side, uh, you could be a, a single mother that has to stay home and watch the kids, and you're looking for a, a supplemental income. Um, we have some grandmothers who are post-retirement um, looking for, you know, to make a couple bucks but not have to have a schedule, not have to leave the house, things like that. Um, and then, of course, Gainesville, Florida, uh, we've got students, mm -hmm. you know. So I think I'll go ahead and ask probably the question you get the most and just get it out of the way <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's the one that stands out in my mind the most. 
the weirdest thing about it to me is the unmentionable aspect, the soiled clothes, the like going through, like washing somebody's underwear or soiled, whatever, like, like, yes. So I, I don't know, like, <laughs> is, is there something I'm missing or like, these are literally people that are washing people's underwear. Is this like, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So like, is there with s- a smile on their yeah, face? Like, it's just, it's just what it seems like. There's no, there's no way around it. It's just like, these are people picking up. Uh, like I actually, I think I've seen some of the advertisements. Like, the, the, like, is there like a device that they pick up their laundry in, or how is that community, or is that just something I've seen? Like, like, walk me through the process. Like, I, I'm I'm the person that wants my laundry done. How do I get it to the person? How do mm-hmm. they wash it? How does it He's come back? He's literally your next customer. Yeah. So I'm not <laughs> curious. Like, so <laughs> I think this is actually two questions. Um, Mike, if you want to talk a little bit about the process itself, and then I'd be happy to talk about the ideology. I okay, think they're two great. Different things. Yeah, sure. that's yeah. a great way to make it. Uh, uh, to this is awesome. Up. I'm excited. <laughs> no, it's it's as simple as like any on-demand app is. Like you just press a button in the app. Like you schedule your pickup. Somebody shows up at your door. They're like taking your laundry that we wait at the door. That wait serves two purposes. That's to ensure that when you get your order back, it's the same amount of clothes that you gave to us, and also to give you the price of the order, which is charged by pound. Mm -hmm. And from there, it just goes right from your house to the contractor who's going to wash it and right back to you. Uh, It usually happens within the same day. Okay. Yeah, um, and to address the question of washing other people's underwears, um, (laughs) it's a great question. And I think that when we get that question, the answer that we usually give is if you put yourself, you know, place yourself 10 years prior and you thought about the idea of going into a stranger's home and sleeping in their guest room while they're home. Right. You'd be like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I'm definitely not doing that. And I'm definitely not paying for, you know, my son or daughter to go do that without me being there. Um, You know, on the same note, if you thought about the fact that one day you'd put your kids in a stranger's car and send them to the friend's house or school. I mean, that would have been unimaginable, you know. But I think that what Uber and Airbnb have managed to do is that they've managed to take these services that were usually reserved for, I think, the upper class. Um, you always had a driver if you were wealthy. You always had the ability to go stay anywhere if you were wealthy. Um, and they've democratized those services, and they've made them normal. And I think that that's what we're trying to do for laundry service. That's awesome. That's, so is there is there any inherent like risk that would set you apart from... Uh, any of those companies, but like with with the fact that it's a laundry based thing, and, and I don't want to get into too like graphic a detail, but if we're talking about like fluids or anything that's on people's clothing, and, and like the person that's doing, like, is there risk? Is there insurance you have to have? Is there any kind of like fear there? Absolutely. So. I think that might be a little bit of a, like a quality control question. Um, and we always address quality control s- split into two sides. There is the liability side of quality control, and then there is the customer experience side. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, Mike. Sure, yeah. No, we, I mean, everybody's our customer on, on all three sides of the platform. Our drivers, our washers, and our users are all our customers. So the driver and wa- sorry, the driver and washer is not necessarily the same person? That's actually important for it being less weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very intentional there. Yeah. So um, obviously, there's a few strange situations that might arise with what you're talking about. Like maybe somebody's like laundry smells super super weird or has something super strange leaking out of it, and that mm-hmm. gets in the driver's car. Yeah. So there is like the liability issue that's handled in the terms of service and such. But there's the fact that we're going to pay to clean that person's car. Right. Um, same thing with the washer. You know, your your washing machine smells a little bit weird. We're going to try to fix it. Hopefully, we don't have to buy you a new one. Right. And with the users, um, it's it's all part of the terms of service. Our our frequently asked questions page is gigantic, and and at the end of the day, we usually just end up like comping somebody's order if they have any question at all. Like, yeah. So that's really what it comes down to. And, and I think it's super important how he said that everyone is our customer. Mm. Um, and I think that people 
at least in our experience, are overwhelmingly good. We have very few issues, a lot are a lot fewer issues than we thought we would have. Um, but like Michael said, we have had situations where we've had to tell a user, hey, we appreciate your business, but we're sorry. We're gonna have to you know, kick you off the platform. Mm. Um, the, the service- that's, had, that's happened already? Yes, the people on the service side are our customers. The people that are driving, they're our customers. I mean, we're a platform at the end of the day, so we have to monitor that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask one more. Like I, I tend to ask the topical questions, this is and you, great, you dive I deep. So many questions. Okay, good. So I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna ask one more topical question, and then I'll try to shut up and turn it over to Colin. And ask and maybe maybe take a different That's pivot. Good. Um, so the people that are doing the washing, is there any kind of training that you provide? Do you standardize the the detergent or anything like that? Because um, because in my mind, I'm like fearing: is somebody gonna shrink my clothes? Are they gonna accidentally bleach mm. my clothes? Is there anything like that? And, and so what, like, what does that look like? How do you train, standardize, and how do you limit? He's the Basically asking you everything on your frequently asked questions. <laughs> Probably. Is it, is it, Probably. Pretty much. We didn't yeah. know you were going to show Pretty up much. and we were going to interview you. And I mean, I can spin my computer FAQ around. You can just like uh, pull up the website, spin out the FAQ answers if you want. But. Yeah, no worries. Ah. Um, well, sure. So with the washers, I mean, uh, pretty much everything is like standardized. Like we've, uh, we came up with the term, we call it to McDonald's something because like anybody at McDonald's can make a perfect hamburger as far as perfect hamburgers at McDonald's go. <laughs> right. I got you. But yeah, we, we do provide the box that your laundry, your laundry order is like packaged in to get back to you. We provide the detergent. We show you exactly how to fold like every single article of clothing that you could possibly have. We provide hangers to hang anything you'll need. Um, yeah, it's, it's fairly standard and it's really not that hard. I mean, most of the people that work for us on the washing side are very familiar with like doing clothes. Like most of them do clothes for themselves or for their, for their kids for like some number you, of you don't get people that are signing up that have no experience doing this whatsoever. They're trying to make a buck and they're like, <laughs> are high risk at screwing people's laundry up. Or? Uh, we do get those people signing up. Okay. okay. <laughs> we don't, they don't make it to the platform, but they, okay, so they, they're signing up. Yeah. There's a, a, what do you call it? There's filters in there. Absolutely. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm I'm completely fascinated, but I'll, I'll turn it because I know I, you've got a lot too. Fascinated, like, well, I mean, even going back to the beginning of this this idea, right? Because yeah. I think in entrepreneurship, there's always like, oh, like, you know, you have to be passionate about business, and or you know, are you just solving a problem? Like, it sounds like yeah. this is very much like found a problem, let's solve it. Right. So, but like going back to, I mean, you're still getting into the laundry business. I mean, what were you thinking when you're like, <laughs> when you're coming up with these ideas and pitching him and saying like, let's like, let's do this. I mean, were you really throwing things against the wall and just seeing what stuck? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you phrased your question perfectly. What were you thinking? Like, I really was not. It, it really was that you just, simple. Did, did you're you expecting just, Michael to say no. Like, and then you're like, well, anything. Wait a like, I did was you just, just know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and work for yourself? I, like, what was, what was driving it? I'm going to be honest. It wasn't so much about, and I don't know how it was for you, Mike, but it wasn't so much about knowing that I wanted to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. I was deathly terrified of the opposite. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that, like that was the worst, worst life I could working for, for somebody being in a cubicle, like, just, just like passionless, just like, and, and, and mind you today, I've, I've grown up a lot since then. I have a lot of friends and a lot of people who have great careers in conventional jobs. It, it, for a lot of people, it works. For a majority of people it works, but I knew for me it was like a death sentence. Mm. So I was terrified. It, it wasn't that I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, you know? So that was the driver. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So I have this problem at my house with the dryer eating socks. 
<laughs> Maybe this is on the FAQ page right, too, but like. Sounds like you're taking a page out of my playbook here. <laughs> what do you do when the dryer eats the socks? Yeah. <laughs> I only get one sock back. <laughs> um, it, so there's a few things you can actually do to make sure that your dryer and washer doesn't do that. There's like actually a few crevices you can check and that's actually part of the instructions for the people who are washing the laundry. Like after the clothes come out of the washer, check the, the little like area beneath the spindle, run your fingers through that, spin the dryer after you pull the clothes out. And that strategy so far has gotten us through, I don't know, something close to 50 tons of laundry without any complaints. Okay. I mean, you guys obviously had to be uh, become super detailed about the training in this. <clears throat> Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, were you, <laughs> I'm very interested in kind of like the experimental phase of this, mm -hmm. like the the testing of, of, you know, your app and, or, you know, maybe did it even start like, were you, did you have some sort of platform or idea mm -hmm. before you actually got to the point where it was in an app? Like what was the, yeah. what was the progress uh, in the transitions of the various aspects of this business. So let me talk a little bit about that. Um, I think at first we were like, okay, we're gonna have this amazing laundry business. At that point, we had learned what on-demand was. We were like, okay, it's gonna be like Uber. And uh, we, had, we had no idea that there was a business behind Uber, to be frank with you, <laughs> or a business behind Airbnb. We were like, it's an app. So we were like, we gotta build the app, naturally. So that's, that's what we did. We took all of our savings, we pulled them up, we uh, outsourced the development of the original build uh, to a firm out in India that had a project manager here in the US. I think we spent like $12,000 or something like that. Yeah, spent like 12 grand, it was all we had at the time. Where'd that, um, where'd that money come from? Literally just all of our savings. Like, okay, you guys. We, I worked in high school, yeah, just literally had uh, we had a third co-founder at that point. We can get into that. Um, pulled all of our money up together and 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 paid for this app. Um, this app came back and pretty much didn't work at all. Um, and Mike really is the mind behind the tech stack. So if you want to talk a little bit about how atrocious that was before I continue, like feel free. <laughs> Uh, he's like, let's not touch it. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm currently in the process of like rewriting everything, and I'm finally going to get off like the the heap that was the previous like code base um, once and for all. So I'll be a little bit like less emotional about yeah, it after yeah. that. Is it something like, you could have done better yourself, or is it something that even if they gave you a, a bad product, it's easier to go in and fix and make it what you want it to be so with with your knowledge base or anything like that? Hundred percent hindsight, twenty twenty. <laughs> I could have done a better job literally learning from zero to like okay. coding everything myself. Damn. That's, a, that's a tough lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we'll fill this in like business major, advertising major. Like we didn't even know what to tell them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we were just making all of the wrong decisions, like literally all of them. Oh yeah, that's not for the completely the fault of the organization we were working with. They're a good organization. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it was Great. us. The problem was so this us. This is more like, a, a learning curve for for you guys. Yes. Yeah. How did you find that organization? Because you said they were in India. Craigslist. Right. Was, I think it was Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist. Okay. Yeah. Figure it out. Oh God, now it's making up. Other Craigslist. sites were like fifty grand. We were like, we don't have that, so we just kept looking. That's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, you got to look somewhere. I yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, that, that this is like this is startup life. It is. Like, 
I mean, this is why I love, you know, with the show, we get so many varieties of different entrepreneurs and business people, business leaders, and some some entertainers, like like across the board, right? But like, I love diving into Startup Life One because it makes me reflect back to my early days <laughs> and all the stuff that I had to go through in those right. early days. But I mean, this is like, people need to know, like if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, a businessman, businesswoman, like you, like this is it. Like these struggles are real. There's something to be said for failing forward, like learning yeah, how not course. to do something. Of course, or, you know the skill sets that you learn through that too are like gonna you know impact the rest of your life, sure. no doubt. So, so, so the the app comes back. Um, Michael and I pretty much realize we are out of money. Um, we're out of options at this point, and we've got to figure out how to make this code base work. And uh, we didn't even know how to open it. So my brother is actually a software developer. We we got on a call with him for like four hours. We're like, how do we? How do we? What even is? How do we open this? What is this? Like those kind of conversations. And I think it took us. Was it like just over a year? I think it was just over a year where we were pretty much just learning how to code. Literally just learning how to code. Um, and we were able to get this app running. We were able to get it out. And. No one used it. <laughs> we were like during that time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. during that time, any fear of you know somebody finding out about your idea sure, and copying, yeah. copying oh it, and like, were you? Was that a concern? Oh my god! Yeah. So we would later learn that being first is, and of course, this is in my opinion, is really unimportant, um, and that there is plenty of market share to go around. We actually appreciate the work some of our competitors are doing today. Back then, we were terrified. Okay. We thought, because again, we didn't think it was, there was a business. We thought it was an app. So it's all about the idea. It's, it's, it's that <laughs> same know? epiphany, because like whenever I first found out about your company, like I had the thought, and this is not to short, but I was like, how has that not been thought of already? Yeah. Like that's, a, that's another one of those like, <laughs> man, I missed another one kind of yeah. moments. <laughs> same, same. And I think what you'll learn is that it's the business behind the app. Like once you've got the software, I mean, it's the same as a 1-800 number. You've got the number. That's how your customers interact with you. It's not the business, you know? So we would learn that the hard way. Um, and then the next three years after that, we're building that up. Okay. Yeah, literally for the first time, building a legitimate business. was, was the, That was the yeah. first step on our way to doing that. <laughs> All right, so you yeah. got to the point where you had an app. Yeah. And you said nobody used it. Like, yeah. so, I, I mean, that's frightening. Oh, it was, it was, <laughs> What'd you do? It was terrifying. We were texting our friends, like, please use this. And just the, yeah, what we would later learn as, a, as an essential part of our marketing funnel is awareness. And there is, so we believe that trust is, is, a, is definitely a function of time. And we had none of that. Our, like, our, even our friends were like, this is weird. Yeah. I'll use it. And then they just wouldn't. I mean, we were distraught to say the least. Like, no one was using it. We'd spent all of our money. At this point, we had turned down every offer for an internship because we were working on this day in and day out. And our parents, our friends are kind of looking at us like, all right, well, you definitely kind of crapped the bed here. <laughs> like, so when you say no one's using it, like, <laughs> did you have, you had no... Um, people that wanted to get their clothes laundered? Did you have people signed up to dry, people that signed up to wash? No. So, so you didn't have any interest in any of the three aspects or? We had interest, we just didn't have anything. I mean, we didn't know how to reach people. Our messaging was absolutely not there. Our process didn't exist. So we just thought we were like, here's the app. 
someone's got to drive, someone's got to wash, and someone's got to... You, you guys figure that out. Okay. And it just didn't work that way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another issue with platforms is that you do have to kind of build them together. They have to build off of each other. If you have too many washers and drivers without the users, they have no volume. They're not getting paid. They're leaving. Mm-hmm. Too many users without enough washers and drivers, nobody's orders are getting processed adequately, and they get delayed and such. And, and honestly, you just said that so succinctly, but we made that mistake like seven times. Like we would get a couple users and then no one would do the laundry and then they would fall off and we would get a couple people doing the laundry and then there would be no users. So they'd be like, I'm not making any money and they'd fall off. Like it took us just way longer than it should have to learn that. Did you ever find yourselves doing any of those jobs oh, to help make of it? Of course. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. 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 Uh, you guys go watch this on the video. It's like, of course. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, dude. for a the long time. expressions are like the best part of this whole conversation for me. I'm just letting yeah. you guys know. That is the deepest irony about this. <laughs> okay. we, we got into the game to be to not do our own laundry. And <laughs> I promise you, it. we've uh, done more than I ever could have imagined, ever. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> yeah. You're doing this in like a like a home washer? Or are you like going into a laundromat or what? Oh, absolutely. Both. Both? Either. Okay. Whatever we could get Beautiful. our hands on, depending Beautiful. on, you know, if there's one on the washer, all right, we're going to have to drive over there. I mean, it was literally anything. Call up a friend. Hey, is, are you using your washer right now? I'm coming over. Like literally anything. Did you set up 20 different accounts with 20 different names to make it look <laughs> like you had all of these available? Well, so no. Actually, on, on the customer end, um, and we can talk a little bit about the customer experience. We can talk about why everything is standardized and how we believe that brand IP is really where it's at for us. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come into the app, it's 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 very standardized. You're not seeing where your clothes are going. It's a it's a short process and it's straightforward. So in the early days, that definitely helped us. Got it. So are there are there different apps for the different uh, segment? Like you've got the the, u- the user that wants to have their clothes washed. You've got the person that's going to drive them back and forth. And you got the person that's washing. The, that's not three different apps, is it? Uh, so a lot of people do it that way, but we just incorporated it into one app, and there's like a little toggle on the home screen that lets you choose what kind of account you're trying to sign into. Okay. Can I do all three? Um, you can actually register separately at all three as all three. We have to approve you though. Okay. <laughs> we okay. like uh, this is definitely the ops. We <laughs> <laughs> can see my name come through at, like yeah. to, to do laundry. They're like, we're not letting Colin do it because obviously his dryer eats socks. Right, right, right. <laughs> He's out. Check. So uh, yeah. No, I have one. So do you get any odd requests from customers that maybe want their laundry done a certain way? That I mean, you're, it sounds like you're a customer service business first Absolutely, and foremost, yeah, but yeah. but at the end of the day, you also have to standardize things, and and there's a a limit to being able to give them everything they want, right? Do they want their clothes folded a certain way, this detergent, this fragrance, whatever? So how do you navigate that? Yeah, I think when we started, it was I cannot believe you're using this. I will literally do whatever you ask right. me to do. I mean, that's <laughs> I will tie a bow on every yeah. single piece that's, of clothes. That's yeah, what you want. That's where it started. So people were sending us all kinds of things. It wasn't until pretty recently that we started actually enforcing what was in the terms of service, saying, "Hey, like, we can't do bath rugs. Like, the rubber on the back of them will melt and damage your clothes. Like, we we can't wash those. Um, y- like, you shouldn't put sneakers." in your wash and fold like once again like your clothing can be damaged by that you can damage the machines of the you know the individuals that we're sending your clothes to so we've over time started to take you know seriously what kind of items we can't process but in the beginning i mean it was anything like you want me to pick up your shoe i don't even do dry cleaning i'll figure it out you know like (laughs) that kind of thing (laughs) it's cool 
Yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of funny that you said like tying a bow on it, right. you know, because this is a very customer service based business. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about from the customer experience side, like the different things you can really do to kind of amplify Stand out or anything, that yeah. experience. And, and also, you know, I started thinking about the revenue streams, the growth opportunities, like possible collaborations. Like there's a lot of things that are flooding through my mind. So I'm kind of interested just to kind of hear like, what, I mean, besides the app itself, or is there anything that you guys are doing to amplify the customer experience? Like what, you know, just, is, is, it just, is it just, a, yeah, is it just, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, let, I'll definitely let uh, Mike talk about that a little bit. I did want to say um, under me and Mike, we've got three teams. We've got operations. So that's how the clothes are getting done. We've got user acquisition. So making sure people find out about Launder are using the platform. And then we've got customer experience. That's it. So it's one third of what we do. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk a little bit about like the specifics that, you know, on the customer experience side. No, sure. Um, so there is the stuff that we like sort of explore with and try to like really continue to innovate in the field. And we'll get to that later. That's a fun part of the conversation. But the main driver of like what really pivots launder's service and what uh, dictates what we work on on a day to day basis is talking to the customers, talking to the drivers, talking to the washers. All of them have their own specific wants. When enough of them say the same thing, and we got to really like look into it. And a lot of times we're like, oh, that's literally better than the way we thought to do it. So uh, we're, we're looking at a lot of stuff right now. We changed most of our policies based on uh, what washers wanted. We changed the entire way scheduling worked like seven times based on what the driver said was convenient or inconvenient and stuff like that has made people's orders come back on time like far more like consistently than the mm. way that I had designed it just by research. Love that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, there's a lot that's been happening recently in the in the larger scale with like Uber and, and some of those um, companies about you know contract workers having to ensure them what benefits can you provide all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> How much of a pulse do you keep on that? I mean, I, I get the feeling that you guys are, I mean, you can say that you're not at the Uber level yet, but like you, you've got to use that as a model. So is that something that you keep your eyes on in terms of how you might have to handle your contracted workers or do, do, does it inspire any kind of fear in you guys in terms of what can I, cause it seems like it's, it's hyper-located right now to some states like California, but eventually that's gonna be what the new demand is for those contract workers and stuff. So, so how do you navigate any of those things on the topic? We are watching that. Um, and it is something that we need to keep our eyes on um, from a logistics and operational standpoint. But to be very honest with you, it doesn't, I don't think it scares either of us. Um, and that's just because when we started, we thought things were going to be very straightforward and it, we were wrong about everything. I mean, we literally faced every single obstacle and that's not going to be the one that kills us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I so that, like, yeah. it's just not scary anymore. I mean, that's pretty much the best way I know how to put it. How many how many markets are you in, or is it just just Gainesville right now? Just Gainesville. Yeah, okay. we're we're testing in Orlando um, with student housing there, but due to COVID, we kind of pulled back out. Okay. Um, but hopefully, we should be there in a few months, and it should be the greater metropolitan area this time. So we're happy about that. Orlando okay. is next. Yeah, that's great. So cause that was actually going to be my next question was like, how do you scale this, right? Like, yeah, what yeah. what's what's the thought process? Are you looking at like? specific data like why like why Orlando and not Jacksonville like what like because he what went to UCF he's no, like no. you scratch my back I scratch yours and, and maybe it's as simple as that but like what yeah. like what is the thought process yeah so to be very clear I think that we see a big difference between a small business and a startup um, we don't think there's anything wrong with either but a startup is defined by high growth it has to be um, 
the 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 business idea behind launder will not define it as a startup and what i mean by that is we're not in love with what it is we do right now you know we're in love with the process of coming up with ways to please our customer and scale that ability so if if things change along that journey we're okay with that the reason we're going to orlando is because we have to prove two things before we can scale we have to prove that this will work in a metropolitan area that's what orlando and miami are going to allow us to prove and we have to prove that we have a niche in small towns like gainesville which is after after that expansion we're looking at small towns like tallahassee st augustine um because we believe that wherever you've got a small radius you don't have crazy traffic drivers can get from side to side pretty easily and you've got a, a, a you know a fair density of people who are our target market um it's somewhere where our competitors are not going to be for a very long time and we can eat up market share in those places with that said launder's service is not something we can scale nationally with 10 million bucks it's not it is op- there's a lot of boots on the ground and it's something that you need serious capital to scale that means we have to prove these things before we can raise that kind of capital. And we've raised um, a little bit of capital, we raised a pre-seed round of capital. We were talking this last year about a, a seed round of capital, but again, me and Michael are just going back to the drawing board and we're saying, we're not gonna take this money if it's not gonna be a game changer for us, and, it, and it's not. It takes a lot of money to scale something like this nationally. And that's what you want to do is eventually scale it nationally? Absolutely, Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you, you like to get into the organic growth versus VC growth versus anything. Like, like how, do you, how do you see that fundraising going? I mean, like, do you see it? I mean, obviously, you've got to go into different markets and, and, and prove something. But do you, do you see it, uh, an avenue where it's organic and you can take profits and put it into a different market and grow that way? Or do you think it's got to come from people that buy into the idea, see the potential, and want to back it? It can absolutely, and I don't want to hog the, <laughs> the mic here, but it can absolutely be organic. It will take us 25 years. Are you willing, are you willing to, to <laughs> you give, up, give up ownership in order to get it back faster? Absolutely, but I don't. I don't think it's just faster. I think that I don't. I don't think it matters if you're first to the scene, but it definitely matters if you're quick. Right. And you know, if we're doing this for 25 years, someone is going to do it better and bigger. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. So, sure. if we want to be a national player in the next 10 years, which we think is is the horizon for this thing being normal, that you know, sending your laundry to services like us will be normal. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna have to to get capital and scale it. Yeah, I think the only thing I can add is that the solution is always a mixture of both. I mean, it is so important to be aligned with the people that are investing in your company because those people are your partners. A lot of startups don't look at them as your partners, but they might as well be as as much of a partnership as Kyle and I. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's going to probably look like us scaling the way that we are right now in a very organic and, and stable manner based off of the profits we're bringing in, just consistently trying to pound out some percents every month. And then uh, hopefully we come across some investors that are really aligned and, and understand the vision. And kind of the space is blowing up right now, so I, I see a okay. lot more people actually like understanding that. So I was gonna ask you, what what is the biggest thing that's holding you back like right now? Is it is it users that want their clothes washed? Is it, is it drivers? Is it money? Is it launderer? Like what, what is the biggest thing that's holding you back like right now? that would like spur the next stage? Uh, I think that would be capital. Okay. Um, And I think in order for us to raise the capital that we need on terms that are okay with us, uh, we've got more to prove. And that's what we're in the process of doing. Um, And I I did want to answer all the questions on service, um, but I did kind of want to talk about, because as we talk about our future and what's next Mm -hmm. for us, what's holding (laughs) us back, 
the line of products is really important as well. So Launders transitioned from just a service company to a product company. Um, and, and that I think is a, a critical piece of this as well. What do you mean? Yeah, What's go on. Yeah. Yeah. So the first product um, that we're going to be launching in just a few weeks, actually, is an all-in-one detergent bomb. Um, think of it as like a bath bomb for your laundry. It's got uh, detergent. It's got fabric softener. It's got anti-static uh, stain remover. And the critical ingredient is actually, um, I guess shorthand would be a fragrance capsule that delivers fragrance to your laundry for nine to 12 weeks. Um, and they're fragrances that don't exist on the market. So we've got cucumber watermelon, we've got mahogany teakwood, we've got white gardenia, fresh air, uh, coffee vanilla, scents that you don't see in laundry. Um, and pretty much this is an idea that came from our customers. We were getting customer requests because their clothes weren't smelling great or their clothes weren't smelling enough. I mean, people were or they sending- they smell like everybody else's. Yeah, people were- <laughs> Spring se- Meadow, like whatever it is. Exactly, I mean, you got Spring Meadow, Fresh, Ocean Breeze, that's all you got. Right. And um, we, we basically never had the time or resources to consider building out a product. That would be a massive endeavor, um, but, and we talked about this a little bit up on the, on the startup, startup GMV video, but when COVID hit in February, um, we were at our height. We were doing more orders than we'd ever done. And March, we saw like a 75%, 80% drop. And Michael and I both, at this point, we had already hired people. We already had a team here in Gainesville. And Michael and I are kind of thinking, you know, is this, are we going to be able to beat this thing? And what's next if we can't? We're not going to let these people go. We're not going to throw in the towel at this point. How many people? Five at this point. Okay. Yeah. So it would have been us, uh, three full time and two or three part time, depending on where we were at. Um, and the part time would have been developers. Yeah, that's not including any of the contractors. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry to tell you. Nah, no worries, no worries, no worries. So we're figuring out what would be next. Um, and we had, you know, these customer complaints. We'd had the idea for a product for a while, and we thought to ourselves, well, Let's just go back into startup mode because honestly, for a while at that point, I mean, for a year, we had been in like hardcore operations. Like, we got to get users, we got to get their stuff processed efficiently. Like, we weren't going back to the new product development. What's a new business opportunity? We hadn't done that in a while. Um, and we we'd been there before. Like, when when COVID hit and we saw numbers drop. We, we remembered a time when things were slower and we knew kind of how to keep team cohesion like somewhat a semblance of that at a point where everything is slow. You can't continue doing exactly what you were doing because you're gonna burn yourself out because you're putting in the same work but you're not getting the same results. So that led us to the project that we began working on after that. Yeah, so we, we started working on this project. Um, th- this time we were quicker. You know, we thought we had it. We thought we were gonna be in and out in two months and it wasn't. It was about a year, but um, what we did learn is that the the other parts of the detergent, it's an easy process. Um, and we've got web, wet lab space where we actually manufacture the stuff. So the entire bomb is manufactured by us, but there's one piece of it um, that we could manufacture, but just the machinery alone to manufacture this stuff is incredibly expensive. It is the fragrance delivery system um, because fragrance by nature is ephemeral. If you put fragrance oil on your laundry, it's not gonna survive the wash cycle because Mm -hmm. the detergent, the surfactants in the detergent are designed to remove particles like that. And it's not gonna survive your dryer because the fragrance has an extremely low flash point and your dryer will literally incinerate them. Not to mention, the mechanical pressure of the entire process. So getting fragr- Are you following this? Because I love this conversation right now. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Awesome. So so the getting the fragrance to to stay on the clothes is very, very difficult. And it's controlled by a hand few of manufacturers in the United States. 
of which they're way too big to work with something someone like us. We know this because we called them and they said, no, like you guys are way too small. We're not gonna do this for you. But we found two firms internationally. We found one firm in Slovenia. It was incredibly difficult to, to, to communicate with them. So we ended up going with the other firm we found, which was in the UK. And um, they make the fragrance for us. They give it to us. We manufacture the bomb and that's how it goes. So, so they present it to you in a, in a I'll use the word capsule, that might not be the right, but, but in a way that can be released, that can survive the wash, can survive the heat, can survive everything. So that process has been collaborative. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of failed attempts. Um, and like we said, when we went, we already known how to do this, you know, because we didn't know how to code, but we learned how to code and we put out an app. So this was the same thing. When we, we literally bought fragrance, and tried putting it in, right. you know, different detergent products in different clothes, and it wasn't working. Found, found a bunch of ways to, for it to not work. Yes, and you just so, find the way it does. So we went. We learned chemistry. Right. Like literally, I mean, we're reading patents. We know that P and G's got some patents out. We're reading them. We're figuring out what kind of chemicals you need to to make this stuff. What temperature? Um, if you need motion, what machinery? Um, you know, things like that. And once we figure out how to do that, we go back and forth with this manufacturer. You know, because he's working on lavender, ocean breeze, things like that. And he thinks it's a cool idea that we're trying to do something new. So we're going back and forth. And a few prototypes later, we've got something that works. And we, me and Michael look at each other and we're like, this is the best product on the market. Like, hands down. We like to use it on our clothes right now. We've got prototypes in the house. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. So we're super excited about that. That's, I mean, incredibly fascinating. I don't know if you... I I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Like, I really do. Like, from, from a standpoint of... Uh, you know, offering a service and then even getting into a physical product. Absolutely. I think it's an absolutely amazing transition. And I think that you're going to start to see it. Like, like you guys could be selling your own brands of washers in 20 years. Like, who knows? Right. <laughs> you know, like the, it, it's crazy to kind of see how that stuff unfolds. Uh, ah, I was going to use the word hamper earlier. So how has COVID hampered you? And no, I, I, I shied away from it. But. Mike is a big pun guy. Yeah, so am, like, that yeah. was great. Uh, and now I lost my train of thought. That's okay. I got one. So, <laughs> Uh, so one of the things that, that immediately comes to mind is you're looking for markets to expand, and, and this is not a novel thing. I'm sure you know this, right? Um, I, I recently learned, like I've lived in Florida all my life, and in that I lived in a small town called Merritt Island, I moved to Gainesville, and now I live in Jacksonville. But I have got friends that have moved to bigger metropolitan areas, and and I found out that like they don't, like. 90% of the places don't have washer and dryers in their like units, right? There's, there's, no, there's no such thing as like getting a place that has in unit unless you are rich. So at what point does like a concept like that determine where you move in? Because it seems to the novel, to the novice guy, like that, that that's, that's where something like this could really explode is for mm -hmm. people. Like I, I think of like how how's COVID impacted businesses, right? And people being at home more probably doesn't help you because they're there to do their laundry. And maybe that's not right, but like that, that's kind of what I would think. Um, versus, you know, going to a place where there's less like in-unit laundry and they're already having to leave their premises to do it, that seems like a lucrative avenue. And like I said, I know I'm not inventing an idea here for you, like this is something I'm sure you've thought of, but like at what point do you go into a market like that, which I'm sure is a bigger metropolitan, a New York City or Chicago, something like that, but at what point do you jump there? I think that's part of the strategy. And I think that comes down to knowing what you're good at. Um, we have competitors. Um, most of them started after us, <laughs> but um, they've got big budgets and they are in places like that. 
Um, they're playing the same game we're playing. There's a couple key issues that we're all trying to solve. And while they focus on fighting each other in these major places, there is a lot of market share left on the table. And we're not afraid of saying this. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. If we had the funding that they had, we'd be in New York City, D.C., Boston, San Francisco as well. But we don't. So our strategy has to be a little bit different. And so the product development side that you guys are talking about, is that is that something that truly does? I mean, I, I hope you're it's like competition is, is nice and it helps breed innovation. Right. But like, I hope they're not listening. Is that something that you feel like truly differentiates you that they're not doing or and if and if that's not true, what do you do that maybe they've got the capital edge, but that you can take advantage of to kind of even playing field? Yeah, um, I think we we fell in love with the laundry space, which is really really weird. <laughs> Not thing what you to thought, say. right? I mean, I, mean, I was going to say that too. When <laughs> I was seeing him talking about all that stuff, and all the you know the I don't the IP like I don't want to break anybody's it. hearts, but you didn't get into scooters because you love scooters. No, I know, but now yeah. I see this guy like he's all man like mixing and motion and like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is actually I'm exciting like, stuff. I'm like Kyle's like passionate about laundry <laughs> yeah. and Who you know, pods. <laughs> like let's go. Yeah, I think we. I don't think. Um, I don't think we'll be here forever. I think there's there's other businesses we want to start. There's other industries we want to enter. But what we found in laundry is that it's not that we love laundry. We love innovating. And this is a space that is controlled by a select few amount of companies. And they, it's not that they're not smart. It's that they will literally leave opportunities on the table. Mm-hmm. Just because Tw- they're only worth $100 million. Yeah, I mean, t- that's right. a 20 $30 million opportunity. <laughs> don't need it. Yeah. You know? I, I was literally thinking about it. Maybe, maybe it was on my drive today or yesterday but it was something it was like where did the the tide pod come into existence because it doesn't seem like that long ago that we were just like willy-nilly pouring detergent into the wash and letting it go and that was what but at some point they decided hey we're going to put this into a capsule and see what happens and now literally everything is pod based and it's like was that really that novel of an idea but it sure as hell took off so like and there's not really a question in there, but it's like the innovation of an industry that, that's been around forever. People have been washing clothes forever. P&G has been around for forever. And so like at, at what point did they decide, hey, we're going to wrap this in a plastic capsule that dissolves and that's an innovation. Like, but you guys are kind of doing something similar. I don't want to. I don't want to say that it's the same, but like it's maybe it is. But I have a, I mean, I have a hunch. Like I think we. Uh, have a a fresh generation of people who don't want to waste. Right. Like, it's like I feel like it's like that perfect measurement type mentality. It's right. like it's like don't be wasteful. Like here's the there's, exact amount. There's that you one need. reason I buy Tide Pods, and it's because I was always the the person that dumped away too much detergent. Right. Like if it was liquid exactly detergent, right. it's like, oh, here's a cat full. An extra cat full would probably be better, right? <laughs> but like if it's a pod, it's like no, I'm throwing a I'm throwing a pod right. in. Right. And, and letting it let it go. So well, I, don't, I don't know. This is just like common people questions. Yeah, no, of course. Never imagined having a podcast on of laundry. Like, it's a Tide podcast. This is like what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's a Tide podcast. And I do, we do <laughs> have to wrap up in a few minutes. And I have one very we're, important question before we're all just yeah, going to so, so, yeah. let my pun go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, was I was going to answer that really quickly, yeah, saying please. that um, it, it, it depends. The competitive advantage is found in the mission. And I think the mission differs from service and for for products, for bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, for the service, our mission is to give our customers their time back. Um, that's sure. very different than our line of products. Our line of products is to make laundry day an adventure. So we've got two types of customers. We're I trying, love that. We're, yeah, we're trying to solve laundry for both of them. And what we started with was that no one wants to do their laundry service. What we realized is that some people do. 
And for those people, how do we make that time that they're already going to be spending amazing? So instead of something that they don't look forward to in their week, something that they're super hyped about. You know, I got my my blankets are going to smell like coffee, vanilla. My towels are going to smell like tea tree eucalyptus, like make it exciting. And I think that that's our advantage. I mean, we barely see ourselves as a as a as a laundry product company on that end we see ourselves as a fragrance company i mean you know it's just mm. there's just there's just so much space for innovating around the customer in this space specifically you'll be able to give rewards of extra pods for them to do their own laundry <laughs> i've got a really bad good idea for you okay. you want to hear it i love this. it's a really bad <laughs> like good let's idea let's go you know the harry potter like birdie bot magic flavored beans where it's like you can get one that's like great and you can get one that's like earwax what if you, what if you did your bath bombs and like these random flavors where somebody like just got their fresh laundered thing delivered and it smells like grass or it smells like <laughs> earwax? That was a terrible idea. Or it right. like whatever. But it's like, hey, it's clean. It just the fragrance, maybe not what you expected. We we've heard it. Um, our VP, Damn. our VP, no, our VP of marketing. <laughs> shout out to Donovan Vasquez. Um, he was talking about how G Fuel had a uh, hot dog water flavor. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah, and, and him and Michael were, were. I mean, I think they're still serious there's planning about there. some gross launder bomb sense. Uh, there's a fun one, the the Russian roulette uh, launder bombs. Uh, basically, I took the idea of a launder bomb, and the name of it is obviously a bomb, and I implanted some. Uh, uh, carbon like type pure pure metallic sodium mm. uh, which if you know sulfur or something yeah yeah it reacts with water so when you put it in your uh, washer it like for less for for, <laughs> for lack of a better word it explodes okay <laughs> that, that's a quite literal uh, <laughs> literal explode yeah. I tested that one um, it, it it burned a hole in one of my shirts but <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's, I love, that's I love the trial and error, yeah. uh, error okay. of this company they, they learn hard for sure uh, that's great this is, I mean, this is good. I, I could ask like, a thousand yeah, more questions know, about know, like uh, the the finer details well, let, of the let, product and stuff. But. Yeah, well, let me ask like a, a a very important question when it comes to um, really some of the mission behind this podcast, right? Uh, you know, you're at the stage where you're talking about funding, and one of the things that we have consistently heard. Um, as entrepreneurs and you know one of the reasons why we started this podcast uh, it's one of the missions of the podcast was is to bring more investors and more experienced talent to Gainesville so my question is how much is Gainesville holding you back right now or is it I'd say it's it's very much the opposite to be honest I would agree okay I would agree can you elaborate why yeah I mean, there's I mean, there's so many different aspects, a lifestyle aspect, like uh, in Miami, just there's a lot of distractions around you, our friends just wanting to go out and do things that weren't necessarily the most productive. Gainesville has been an amazing place to focus, um, not because we don't have friends, but because for some reason there's the air here of productivity, like people here are trying to get their business done. And Love we've, it. we've noticed that shift in everybody that we've hired from Miami that came up here, like it really is a culture. It's awesome. So I know you said that launder might not necessarily be the the end all. You have you have other business endeavors that you might want to eventually get into. But until then, like, is there something? Gainesville serves that purpose. Now, is there something like if, if you if you grow and you scale, is is Gainesville going to be the the hub for this as long as it rides, or is there something that you you might see eventually holds it back? But that would necessitate a move to a, a bigger metro city that has more to offer, or anything like that. Well, I feel like, uh, sorry, no, I was, was going to say, like, I feel like a lot of times from what I see is that, a, a, you know, if it is a VC firm or somebody who invests, like, it's almost like 
a requirement or or they're like making this push like hey right, you gotta, we want to invest in you and we're going to give you these millions of dollars that you need to scale this but we need you to come to Tampa or we right. need you to come Go to, Austin, to yeah right. Austin you know whatever and, I think, and that's just one perspective right. but I, I think it's unlikely that we'd have to move um, I mean in the future I think there there really will be pros and cons there I can foresee some things holding us back but I honestly think Gainesville has a lot to offer and I don't think it would be difficult for us to recruit outside of Gainesville and bring people here we've done that already all of our team none of them are from Gainesville cool it's awesome you know and, and they're here now um, and I think that we have great investors right now um, none of them have ever pressured us anything like that okay um, I, I think that for us it'll always be in our hands whether we want to stay here or not are you going to be able to get the funding that you need I think we will be able to I think right now it's all about terms making sure that we have the right terms because really Michael and I may at some point decide to raise money again and if we do that, we need to make sure that you know this round we're we're, we're keeping some equity on the table um, for future rounds. So we're making sure that we can get a valuation high enough. And there's a couple things we have to prove before then. But yeah, I want to be like clear clear about something a little bit. Just like I think a lot of times, I like we ask that question, I ask that question, and and it's almost seen as like a a negative, like uh, what is Gainesville going to hold you back from? The point in asking that, uh, and I'm not saying you uh, your answer is great. I, I'm asking that more for. Let's get it. Let's get ahead of, of yes. anything that might hold you back, so that that when you run into it, or when the next company runs into it, that this 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 potential problem has already been solved. So it's not a problem for that company. Not a. It's going to hold you back and cause you to move. Right. You know. So like that. That's kind of that's kind of the essence of that question because we very much want to make Gainesville the best and we want to incubate these businesses and don't want anything to hold them back. So it's, it's asking those questions to know like, what, what do you feel like you might encounter and whether or not it gets solved before you encounter it or whether or not it gets solved for the next person that may encounter the same thing. Like that's, that's trying to move that conversation forward. So I just kind of wanted to say that piece. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you have a, a differing opinion. I think that Gainesville should stop trying to be what it's not and embrace what it is. Mm. I mean, you're not going to be a San Francisco. I mean, there's just it's just too much legacy. There's too much happening there. The money has always been in New York. Like, you know, there are these things that have been set. And I think Gainesville is, is great. Today, you can raise capital virtually, and you can certainly raise capital on a plane. There is, there is no need to, you know, to, to move your entire team there. The cost of living here is very cheap. The culture is very cohesive. Like, Gainesville has a lot going for it. And I think instead, we should fuel that. Instead of trying to be something that it's not. Oh, and that's, that's actually great. something that's come up a couple times yeah. too. No, I agree. I think that's I think that's fantastic. I think it's like I, I don't know. There's something about uh, you know the label, you know, and I think the label is starting to shift. The label's always been, oh, this is where you go to college. Gainesville's a college town. You, you can start something here, but you can't and, scale there. Yeah, like, and I th- and I do. I think it's starting to shift. I think it's starting to shift, and I think you're absolutely right. Well, I think it's spot on. Mm-hmm. So this has been awesome. Yeah, I, I love the idea. I love the concept. <laughs> like, I love the places that you can go with it. The idea of having mahogany and teak flavored uh, laundry is is pretty cool. But yeah. I, I think it's I think it's brilliant. Well done, kudos to you guys, and I, I love to see where it where it ends up. I we'll, we'll yeah, make sure I you get not, a bag. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cannot wait for the recap episode of this. Yeah. <laughs> where are they now? What's the strangest scent that either you've explored or like you've been like it's been requested? Probably. Orange creamsicle is up there. Okay, yeah, that'd be a weird one. Um, 
Oh yeah, that's our, that's that's Donovan once again. Just yeah. keeps keeps trying to slip orange creamsicle there in every team <laughs> meeting. He's like, when are we gonna get that? Donovan, one? what are you doing? <laughs> uh, pumpkin spice as well. Oh uh, yeah, that seems that seems like you're gonna have to do that eventually. <laughs> uh, like you're not gonna be able to avoid that one. Uh, but yeah, we I think it's uh, time to wrap up the show. Uh, where where can our audience connect with you? What's your favorite platforms? How can they reach you? How can they sign up for your services? Uh, yeah. So first things first, the spelling launder with no E L A U N D R. If you Google that, you'll find us. Um, launder.io easiest way is probably just typing that into Google. Wherever you get apps, we're, we're in the app places. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep, The app places, not the windows app store. (laughs) Huge story there for another day. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Apple and Android. We're there. Okay. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it does. Blue. And uh, thanks so much to the team that makes this possible. James Leitner, Sarah Lentz, and of course, my co-host, Michael Thies. And thanks Boom. to you, man. Wouldn't be possible without you. Yeah, and podcast fam, if you were driving and didn't have a chance to write down any of the information from our sponsors, don't worry. It's on our website at whoagnv.com slash sponsors. Um, get the links to all of them right there. It will also be in the show notes and description on YouTube and iTunes and everywhere else. Um, and special love in this episode to the best restoration you guys you need to have friends on your side when disasters happen <laughs> maybe no. maybe it's that laundry machine maybe that right. pipe breaks right right that's happened to me before and actually the best restoration has had to help me when my laundry uh my washing machine just like leaked like it, water it, it, happens. Yeah, it happens real stories here you guys uh I, you know, I'm talking about that when that washing machine breaks or when that toilet overflows, whatever it is, the best restoration has you guys. Uh, they they will take care of you. They took care of us here at the dealership when we had full of mold when we were remodeling. Ugh, please, like those, just, those, uh, those I can like smell etched it. in my mirror. Yeah, that, oh. I don't I don't smell it anymore. Definitely, but I can smell. Definitely it don't want a pod that smells like mold. <laughs> Because that's the worst. But uh, but you know what, you guys? It's okay. Because the Jorge, you know, Jorge and the Best Restoration crew came through uh, for us, and they'll come through for you guys as well. Uh, we can speak firsthand to their quality of work. Just absolutely incredible. They have certified techs, state-of-the-art equipment. These guys are the masters of disaster. Give them a call at 352 505-3321 or visit them at thebestrestoration.com and when you do say I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa whoa <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. whoa. Oh, we will see you later <laughs> bye <laughs>